All right, welcome back to the Agency Journey Podcast this week in episode number 169. I just had to go check, to double check here, Jim. But I've got Jim Banks from Spades, Spades Media on the podcast here. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing really, really well. How about you? Uh, so I'm doing great. It, uh, it's been a full day already, but a good day. Um, so I'm trying to remember. I think the first thing that caught my attention that you did was you put out a video about um, – about partner day, HubSpot's partner day that they were doing and accepting pitches. But then I clicked through to the website. And so what I want to do is I want to start with it with an intro, but the website stuck out to me. So spadesmedia.com, we'll include that in the show notes that we have too. And the headline on it said something about like you're wasting money on or stop wasting money on um, your paid media or something like that. And then contact, it was like contact us to see how much you're wasting or something of that of that nature and the site was super simple and direct and to the point which spoke to me because it's the antithesis of so many agency websites so i'm curious i think we'll get as you as i let you talk and you share your story i think people will understand that you do things a little bit differently from many agencies in a good way um but tell us about spades media why why does the website like what are the services you offer why does the website say that so <laughs> Again, I, I kind of like so Space Media as, as an entity has been around since 2012, uh, but I started working in digital marketing back in 1999, right? So my first agency I set up in 2000, sold it in 2006. Then I had an affiliate network and I ran that for a couple of years and I sold that in 2009. So 2010, I was kind of like I I'd just done my second earnout. I'm like, what do I do now? So I, I kind of I did a bit of consulting, right? So in some respects, I was almost like semi-retired, right? So I did a bit of consulting, kind of uh, had, had worked with various clients. And a lot of what we were doing was basically, you know, like I said, look, I know that you're leaving money on the table. Let me find that money. And whatever I find extra to what you're doing now, we'll split down the middle. And everyone was like, love that model. Seems great, right? And it was, again, it was, it was very lucrative for me, very lucrative for them. You know, they, they had very little risk. Right. And for me, it was almost like I just wanted to ha have something to kind of keep my eye in. Right. Because I'd had sort of, um, you know, pretty much 10 years of intense kind of hard, you know, heavy, heavy slogging. Right. And, um, you know, I put myself in a decent position financially to not have to worry about that side of things. But yeah. I didn't want to just stop working. I, I, you know, I'm sure you're like me, like entrepreneurial brain doesn't right. sort of switch off. Do, right. So I did that for a couple of years and in 2012, Sandy said, oh, you know, you should really set up another agency. And I kind of went, maybe I should, right? So so actually, the name Spades is actually an acronym of the services that we kind of did at the time, right? So we did oh. SEO, PPC, affiliate, display, email, and social media, right? So that's what the, the, the kind of Spades sort of was back then. Um, but the reality of it was is that I sort of, set it up, picked up a couple of clients, and then a friend of mine, he sort of said, oh, you know, I need a bit of help. So he was working at the time, he was working for a travel company called Cheap Flights. So no sooner had I set Space Media up, um, I, um, I I kind of mothballed it a little bit because, um, you know, I went in-house. I mean, originally it was supposed to be, I was going in for three months to just help them out with some of their paid media while they found a suitable replacement. It became very apparent to, to them that I was, absolutely the, the most suitable replacement for the mm -hmm. job you know so i ended up like um going in for three months and ended up spending spending nearly three years there um 
So then I left there and and, um, and I, I got um, introduced to a friend of mine who was running an agency who, who funny enough, were a, a, a HubSpot partner. And that was my first kind of introduction to the HubSpot kind of model, right? The inbound marketing methodology and everything. Uh, and I've, I absolutely fell in love with it. I mean, for me, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old school sales guy. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody at, um, at Inbound uh, back in September and I was saying like, when I first started selling, Right. I used to have like a, a card, an index card with all my clients information on. So it would be like names, you know, partners, names, children's names, birthdays, what they liked, what they didn't like. Right. I mean, I ran my affiliate business on that whole basis. Right. It was like I knew who my affiliates were. I knew what they liked. I knew mm. what they didn't like. And I just if I was going to entertain them, I would make sure I entertained them in a way that would be beneficial to them that they would like it right right um and again it's it sounds really obvious right but but in a lot of cases people don't, don't make it that way right i mean you know if you again if you look at sort of hubspot now if you get an inbound inquiry they give you so much information about the company that that is the inquiries from but i see so many salespeople they go straight out the door kind of like with it with a standard template you know we can sell some stuff to you and it's just like, why didn't you take the time to research who that company was, what they do, how big they are, right. Right? how many people they employ, all that sort of stuff, because the conversation has got to be kind of different, right? I mean, again, for me, I always kind of go, let's go to LinkedIn, let's see who this person is, what's their position. Yeah, because again, ultimately, if you're running a business, you want to make sure you're talking to people that can make decisions, right? Yep. And if, they, if they're decision makers, great. If they're not, then you need to try and kind of work out within that ecosystem, who you're talking to and what their position is, right? They could be an, an influencer in the, in that organization, even if they're not the budget holder themselves. Right. So, so yeah, so, so Spades Media, three years at Cheap Flights, you're working for this friend of mine. And then two years ago, I kind of went back to, um, to kind of running Spades Media as an agency. Um, and for me, it became, it was a, an absolute no brainer to become a, a HubSpot partner at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the last two years, I mean, although we're a, a kind of a HubSpot partner, I mean, our, our kind of legacy or our, our history has always historically been, um, you know, paid search and paid social. So we, we do a lot of paid search uh, with like Google, Facebook, Bing, um, yep. you know, but, but you know, we're starting to do a lot more sort of inbound. Because again, I mean, I, I've always maintained that paid search is not like a magic wand. If you have a bad website with a bad user experience, Right, you're going to get bad results. Right, you'll just amplify it with paid traffic. Right. Now, so a lot of it is, you know, if you can build good landing pages, good user experience, that qualification process, you'll do much better with it. Right. Um, so if if it's largely paid search, and obviously it's growing in the other things that kind of augment that and go right along with, if you're driving traffic, you got to have somewhere decent to drive them. Um, what types of clients primarily? I talked. Um, we talked here recently with Tom uh, Pritchard from Skypoint. Uh, he's in Australia. He's in, right outside Sydney, and they do a lot of paid as well. Um, and he's working primarily in the B2B markets. Have you found a specific uh, client type or what, what works best for your business? It's, it's funny because when, when I became a, a kind of a HubSpot partner, you have to go through your your kind of the training, if you like, and, and, and all the academy stuff. And I love, I love everything that HubSpot do in the academy. I mean, I was walking around the, the floor inbound and going, recognize that person. I don't know who they are. And then it, I kind of dawned on me from the videos, right? That you've yep. seen online. So, um, so again, I, I, I kind of love, love that aspect of it. 
But for me, it was really interesting because, you know, when, when you're going through the, the agency model, they say you need to kind of position yourself. You can't be kind of like a, a, a jack of all trades. You just can't do it. You have to specialize and do certain things. And it's, again, for me, it's, it's almost like the clients I like working with are the people that I like working with, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like I don't even care which vertical they're in, right? I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure within a relatively short space of time, probably inside of a couple of weeks, right, I can work out any vertical that there is, right, at a, at a level that was probably far exceeds what they're able to kind of do themselves. Because sometimes when you actually work inside a particular vertical, you're very blinkered to what actually goes on in your vertical. So right. they go, I want to rank for these keywords. And I'm like, no, you don't, because nobody looking for your service would type those keywords in, right? right? So we can have a completely different conversation with people because, again, we we, under, we, we work with so many businesses now, we, we understand the, the kind of, you know, like I said, how you peel it back and, and then piece it all back together. Right. Um, so, so for me, it's like I have some clients that are B2B. I have some that are B2C. Right. I mean, I used to do some charity stuff. So, so we like Google have this Google grants program and I did some yeah. of those. I found those really difficult to kind of deal with because although they are kind of not for profit, right. For some reason, uh, uh, again, I don't know if it was just me, but some of the people I was dealing with, they had this kind of like arrogance that just made them think that they were more important because they were doing charitable work. Right. right? Um, and for me, that was probably, that made them less of a good fit for me. Right. right. Um, you know, but again, I mean, you, you know, I've, I've been in business long enough that like virtually all of our business comes through word of mouth and reputation. Yeah. So I speak at a lot of conferences. Um, I travel again all around the world. I mean, normally I do between sort of two and three months of the year on the road um, mm-hmm. and I'll do maybe 65 to 80,000 miles a year traveling the world, speaking at conferences. Um, you know, and, and in some respects, that's part of the reason why I've set my agency up the way I've set it up. Right, right to allow me to be able to do that sort of stuff but at the same time it's it's like um i like traveling to other countries to see to get a feel for what's going on there right because i think sometimes you can kind of like you sit in your own environment and it becomes very stale and samey and if yep. you travel to other parts of the world obviously different time zone different currency different food different culture you know and i just love that aspect of it right well with what you just said you actually answered my next question which is one of the, I think one of the big compelling reasons, there are certainly servicing reasons to specialize in a vertical. There's certain things that you, that can be helpful to know. You know, this is the way this type of business operates. But one of the most compelling reasons to specialize in a vertical is from a marketing perspective to be able to scale into that. So my follow-up question, anytime someone says, you know, we're horizontally, like you're relatively horizontally, horizontally niched, you don't offer all these different services, but you're not vertically niched. Um, and so one of my follow-up questions is usually, well, where does your deal flow come from? And often the people who, who pull that off more successfully are people who've got strong word of mouth or there's some other loop where that traffic's coming from. Um, yeah. So that's that's cool to hear that you've already got, I'm sure, between network and the and the current people that you're working that you have. Yeah, because when, when I was working for the travel company, I mean, you know, we, 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 were, we were probably spending – anything kind of like north of $2 million a month on traffic, right? Yeah. And I did I had a fairly small team. It wasn't like we had a massive team of people kind of managing things. But, uh, you know, I was kind of overseeing the whole thing, deciding where it was spent, you know, and, and we did really well. I mean, you know, it was definitely something I turned it around pretty quick. But we had loads of, um, 
you know, software vendors coming in to talk to us about their tools and what they did and, and everything else. And they kept sort of citing all these other travel companies that they worked with, right? And I, f- I think for me, I think the, the one problem I always have with with a tool, right? Yeah. And again, you, you know, in some respects, you could almost say HubSpot is the same kind of thing. It's a tool, right? Ul- right. Ultimately, that's what it is. But what, what became really apparent to me was that all of these people that, that kind of like say, oh, you know, we, we work with 12 other companies in the travel sector. I saw that as a negative because ultimately the tool will end up giving you, I mean, if, if you were... If it was a big management tool, they're using the same algorithm on 12 companies, right? And ultimately, it's like they're all going to have pretty much the same thing going on, right? Right. right. For me, it's almost like, a, you know, sometimes you need that, you know, I, I used to say, you know, you zig when we zag, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was always I'd try and find some some a different way to do things, right, than maybe most other people did it, right? Which was why, certainly, I mean, I think one of the original questions was, why my website is the way it is. Part right. of it was because I didn't really want it to be all all singing, all dancing, flashy. I just wanted it to kind of be a representation of, you know, who I am as a person and who we are as a company, right? Um, I wanted it to kind of be, to be simple, right? I wanted it to be straightforward. I didn't want it to kind of be too, you know, like I said, too salesy, too flashy. You know, yeah. we could, yeah, we could have, we could have spent a lot more money on, you know, templates and this, that, and the other. You know, but again, the reality of it is the barrier to entry for, for certainly for search agencies really low, right? I mean, you could probably fifty bucks and you could be up and running. Domain name, hosting right, account, right? right? Really WordPress good. theme, and you're you're away to the races, right? When the reality is, for me, again, I like I said, I bring almost twenty years of expertise to the table. I've spent probably two hundred and fifty million dollars on traffic. I've easily made over a billion dollars in sales for clients yep. in e-commerce, and probably generated well in excess of two million dollars uh, sorry two million leads for the people that i've done kind of b2b for right and and like i said i mean you know i've sold everything that you can think of from a to z in terms of you know products and services and you know some of the most boring things on the planet you know generating leads where the you know the the the, the uh the unit itself are like you know three quarters of a million dollars and the sales cycles like two and a half years or something like that you know i've sold that sort of stuff as well right Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Agency Journey. I'm Andrew. I'm a co-host here on the podcast, and I'm a founder of Zen Pilot. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love a five-star review and a comment on where you're listening from and what you're getting out of this podcast. You could drop that over on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to the podcast today. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the updates as they come out. And if you want to engage with other agency owners that are enjoying this podcast, join our community. Head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. It's going to take you to our special private Facebook group, a collection of owners from around the world who are on their own journey to build their own agency. So head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. Join the group today. And if you're at a point where you're ready for some help and you want to implement processes and systems to scale your agency, you can head over to zenpilot.com slash free training. And there you can watch a special 19-minute training presentation where we walk through the exact process that we use at Zenpilot to help agencies implement processes and systems so they can scale their business without reinventing the wheel for every client. And that allows agency owners to pull out of the weeds and spend more time working on their business. So hope you're enjoying the content here today. We'd love it if you join our community and we can't wait to hear where you are in your agency journey. Now back to the show. Well, I think that um, you mentioned earlier, like there's a certain type of people that I want to work with, like the people who I want to be friends with 
or would be friends with or naturally have some chemistry with. That's who I want to work with as, as clients as well. Yeah. Um, so the website should be the representation, like should appeal to the type of people who you want to deal with. That's the type yeah. of people who your website should appeal to, uh, which makes a ton of sense. And I think another thing that you mentioned to me before we started recording that kind of is illustrative of this, like direct to the point um, type of style that the website reflects is you talked about in on, on onboarding calls and what you do as far as addressing money issues. You want to share um, what some of that onboarding call looks like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a couple of things that we do, which I think I, I think are, are pretty different, right? So generally speaking, we do a couple of things. So the, fir the first thing we do is like, I mean, I know everyone wants to kind of go, I've signed this really long-term contract, right? What I want to do is I want to kind of see, I almost want to take take it out for a bit of a test drive before making too many kind of commitments to kind of work together with people. Because, you know, with, again, with the best one in the world, you may have a great kind of like call and, you know, face-to-face -face meeting and you think, yeah, we love each other, but it might not really work out because you may end up dealing with somebody completely different than the person that maybe you've had a drink with at the bar at a conference or something like that, rather than the person that, you know, you ultimately end up dealing with. So, so generally speaking, first thing we do is we actually – we normally put a statement of work in place for the first three months, right? We, we say 90 days. We typically go, we don't really know how this relationship's going to work until we've actually put some rubber on the road, right? So let's take it out for a spin. We'll do three months. At the end of three months, right, we, we kind of agree a fixed fee. So we'll say rather than, you know, trying to work out how much we charge you, we go fixed fee, three months. You know what you're going to pay. We know what we're going to get, right? We agree meetings, reports, all that sort of stuff. We kind of see how it goes. And at the end of 90 days, we've got enough data to then say, this is how we think the relationship might work moving forward, right? At that point in time, we'll be maybe more susceptible, more amenable to a, a kind of performance piece element, hmm. right? So we don't go pure performance. So we'll, we'll probably do a retainer that is, again, and, and I know some people will say, oh, you've got to have at least a 12-month retainer. It's not worth it. Because we do paid, it's like for us, it's like month to month, right? We, we don't have like long-term contracts, but we don't right. lose clients, right? right? And, unless we get horrible results. And we only get horrible results if we, we, we kind of do things badly and we've chosen the wrong people to work with in the first place, right? right? Because they won't change their website. So again, part of the reason we, we kind of went with HubSpot is we want our clients to kind of use the tools that we use, yep. right? Because we know that if they use the tools that we use and the, the sort of techniques we have, that they'll get really good results, Right. But if they just go, hey, we've got this WordPress site and we've got this plugin and this this extension and all that. So it's, it's like a, you know, Frankenstein's monster. It's just not going to work for us. Right. Um, so that's the first thing we do. And the second thing we do is when we actually have the onboarding call. Right. I always say to them, look, the last thing I want to be doing is having an awkward conversation with you about money. Right. I said, so I'm really good at what I do and I want to continue to do what I'm really good for your for your company right, with you as my client. The last thing I want to be doing is having uncomfortable conversations because I've sent you an invoice and you haven't paid it, right? I have, ex ex you know, I have people I need to pay. I have, you know, tools that we use to kind of manage accounts for you, right? We're not a charity. We're not kind of running. We're not paying for your business. So if we send you a bill and we say it needs to be paid by a certain date, we don't want to be chasing you after that date to say, why hasn't it been paid, right? So, for, for us, it's almost like it's a bit of an elephant in the room. We address it. We nip it in the bud right at the beginning, and people go, no, 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 we're fine. 
So when it, if it ever happens, and it has happened, then we can pick up the phone and go, do you remember that conversation we had at the onboarding time? Right. right? And they go, yep, sorry, it's done. You know, I'll fix it and I'll get, to get it taken care of. And certainly for me, like, you know, running an agency, cash flow is the thing that will kill you, right? And, and one of the things that um, comes with scale is more pressure on your cash flow. Mm-hmm. Right, because typically you'll have more outgoings and less incomings, and if there's that kind of, you know, again, if you work with government departments, you might have a 45-day window where you might not get paid. Sometimes that might creep into 90 days, right? But you're still incurring expenditure, and that's where that that kind of cash flow is really kind of key. Right. I've been surprised um, talking with agencies how many agencies struggle to get paid by clients on time. Um, yeah, that was not a big issue for us. With Guava Box, uh, I mean, certainly we ran into a couple instances where, um, you know, someone thought that it was, you know, they thought that we were on the same terms as all their other suppliers or something, but very few and far between. And I'm surprised how many people have that. So I thought that that would be helpful to share the way that you address it because that's not something we've talked about on the podcast before, but it makes a lot of sense. Just have that hard conversation right now when it's not a hard conversation, I guess, is the point. Like before it, before it becomes even more awkward where they haven't paid, just address it right up front and say, I want yeah, to hear about the problems. And there's always going to be elephants in the room. Yep. There's always going to be elephants in the room. And if you kind of address what those are at the beginning, right, then, you know, you've got a much better chance. Again, it's like everyone thinks like, so, so again, I'm, I'm a, a fan, I'll put it in inverted, a fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? But it's like, he runs his, he set up an agency, VaynerMedia, right? He just does all these videos. He goes, yeah, we're, we do a hundred million dollars. We're not that big, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I can guarantee you, Gary does not work on any accounts at all, right? But everyone that signs up thinks that he's going to be the guy that's going to be sitting there punching the numbers and doing all the meetings and sending the reports. He's like, you're not going to, like, apart from this call or this right. meeting, you are never going to see him. You're never going to hear from him, right? You might get invited to a dinner or something when he'll kind of grace you with his presence, right? But that's it, Right. You know, and, and I think for me, it's like, you know, you, like I said, you need to address those kind of those elephants. Right. right? And again, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like to travel. Right. I mean, I travel quite a lot. And part of the reason I travel is I want to see my clients. Yeah. Right. So, again, I, I'll kind of do a bit of a road trip. I mean, I'm based in the UK. I've got clients in Australia. I go there once a year. I've got clients in the West Coast. I go there at least two or three times a year, you know, to make to make the point of like one, they're special. They, they mean something to me. Right. And two, that, you know, you, you can't be face to face. Right. I mean, it's just such a such an amazing sure. kind of feeling when you can kind of sit down in a person's office. You know, we, we do weekly calls, videos and everything, but you can't beat that whole. Let's go out for lunch together. Let's go out for dinner. You know, right. you meet their partners, their wives, their children. Sometimes it's, you know, you become part of the, the kind of the ecosystem. Right. Right. No matter how much people try and dislodge you, you are you are kind of in there with concrete, right? I mean, you are just completely nailed into that business. Right, right. Now, there's a, a ton of leverage there that I think is easily overlooked now that the internet has made us, has made it easy to be very lazy uh, yeah. in terms of the, the customer relationships. But but again, I mean, for, for me, it's, it, it, again, this might sound really stupid to say it, right? But like, I have clients, right? When I'm, when I'm going to go and speak at a conference, right? As much as I go, yeah, I'll keep on top of everything. It's really difficult to keep on top of everything. So yep. I actually say to people, look, I'm going to be speaking at a conference unless it's like really, really urgent. And if it's urgent, I've got my phone, call me. If you don't, 
But if you send me an email, I can tell you now I'm not going to respond to that email until I get right. back. So don't expect a response, right? I, I check things all the time, right? But don't expect, right? Right. But if it's urgent, super urgent, I mean, again, I, I will say that to anyone. Here's my my personal mobile number. If you have a problem anytime, day or night, right, that you feel is so important that you, you have to call me, call me. And in 19 years of doing that, I've had one person call me at what I would consider to be an unsociable and an inappropriate time. One, wow. right? But but everyone else, like it's there. And and right. like I said, I, I don't have any issues. I, I have no. I'm not hiding from people. I mean, I I, I um I don't know if you do. You ever hear of Google Affiliate Network? So Google used to have an a, a, an affiliate network that they ran, right? And all the people that worked for Google Affiliate Network, not one of them gave out a phone number. Not one of them answered an email after five o'clock. If you're an affiliate and you're sending a lot of traffic to an offer and, and things don't work, so let's say you're, you're tr checking your tracking and all of a sudden you see no results, you are freaking out, right? So they want to be able to pick up the phone and go, what's happened? Has the pixel gone off the page or something like that, right? right? And certainly when they called us, we, we, were, we were there and we would kind of pick it up and we would be able to fix it, right? But, you know, surprisingly google affiliate network went out of business they stopped doing it so you know right. I, ju I just think that that's part of what you need to do you need to make yourself available yeah for when people yeah. need need you and and in, again in most cases they won't need you but right at least they know that you're yeah, there you know, like like with most things it comes down to setting setting expectations and, and doing that early and then consistently meeting it yeah so speaking of going out of business and not going out of business um curious about uh, looking forward uh, into 2019 as far as what's coming up in the future, uh, either in the agency space or specifically with how you guys are transitioning, maybe in that inbound space, what's what's got you excited looking forward from here? Yeah, I mean, like, you, you know, again, I, I've, I've sort of been playing playing with inbound a little bit for, for a couple of years. And, you know, you again, I, I, I'm a very competitive guy. I go to something like inbound, right, partner day. I see all these people, you know, they kind of, they have the platinums, diamonds, all that sort of stuff. And again, I keep thinking, I really should try and kind of get to that, right? So I, I think for me, it's it's like, um, you know, that's probably going to be a bit of a paradigm shift in terms of what we do as a business. So, you know, like Brian Halligan did that whole, you know, uh, the flywheel switching from the funnel, right? So I actually uploaded a, um, like an hour, uh, hour flywheel, um, you know, which I, I did on this big whiteboard that I've got be behind nice. me. Nice, yeah. Um, you know, and I posted it, and I mean, I got loads of social promotion. Brian Halligan liked it, Darmesh liked it, HubSpot liked it, Inbound liked it. I'm like, great, I've cracked it, right? But for me, it was almost like a, it was redefining what the agency's going to do, how we're going to do it, who we're going to do it for, and just I, I think some of that is going to be again, what what it's probably going to be repurposing a lot of what we do. So again, I've invested quite heavily in some video equipment, lighting you know, cameras, microphones, because again, I mean, I've got the perfect face for, for, for radio, but, you know, but again, I, I see people kind of get on screen and they, they're, they're very kind of outgoing, gregarious, right? And for me, I have no, I have no problem standing on, in, in, on a stage talking in front of thousands of people, but sticking in front of a video camera is like yep. it's a completely different sort of story, right? So I'm, I'm trying to kind of combat that fear, right, yep. and get better with it because, you know, again, I, I want to help educate more people and and do more, you know, 
do more stuff where I feel I can add value. And obviously, if people feel that what I'm doing is helping them, then they may well say, hey, you know, we'd love to kind of, we'd love to work with you in a way that, that will help both of us. And again, for, for me, it's, it's um, you know, I, I'm at, the, I'm again, I'm, I'm in a very comfortable position now where I'm working because I want to be, not because I have to be, right? I love this industry. I, I want to continue to kind of do it until such time as I either don't love it and I don't think that will ever happen or I just can't, I can't do it, right? Um, so, so for me, it's, again, it's like, um, you know, we're a decentralized agency, so we can be as small or as big as we need to be, mm -hmm. right? Uh, for me, I'm drawing on, on a resource pool that is not geographically centered. So again, for me, if I have, if I need expertise in, you know, Brazil, I, I got expertise in Brazil. I, again, I, I spend all my time traveling around the world, speaking to people, you know, I probably have 11,000 connections on LinkedIn and all of those are people that I've met in one way or another. Right. And I know, again, you know, I've got a Rolodex full of people that I know that can do certain things. If I can't do it, then I know people that can, um, you know, and again, I, I just want to help people, whether that's like people that work with me, you know, as freelancers, contractors, um, you know, clients that, that really need help. You know, again, that, that probably sounds like I'm going to, hey, you know, I need clients again. I've got I've got way more clients than 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 um, I can cope. I can, I can cope with with more, but it's like I've got lots of clients. I love them. They're great. They're they're friends of mine. They're not clients. I mean, I don't really have this kind of client agency relationship. We're friends, right? And they all go off on holiday knowing that we've got their backs and we'll look after them and, and deliver great results for them, right? And if right. if there's we we almost treat their money like our money, right? So if we feel it's inappropriate to spend it. We don't spend it. Yeah, and they love that about us, but you know. But again, it's like. I feel that, that there's a lot of people that still need help, right? So again, I'm trying. I'm going to try and provide that help in in a way where either we'll do it for you or we'll teach you how you can do it yourself if that's what you'd prefer to do. Sure. Yeah. So you know, that, like I said, that's part of the reason why I'm I'm sort of doing more of the video stuff because I want to try and you know provide that education piece. Right. Right. I want to do more Facebook lives and YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff, which that's probably right. does mean I have to move some stuff off my plate to be able to put more stuff on the plate. Right. Yep. That's how it works from what I've heard. Yeah. I try and, to and, I try to break that model, but it seems like you have to move something off to add something else. Yeah. And then, you know, and again, I mean, I've been doing this long enough to know that, you know, when you have like um, certain types of businesses, they, they have busy periods and quiet periods. So travel is always Q1, Q2 is busy, right? E-commerce, it's more Q4, Q3, Q4, yep. right? So again, for me, we're, we're um, kind of December time. So for us, it's like we, we've just sort of moved through the crazy period of, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Thanksgiving, coming up to Christmas. Once we get past kind of Christmas, things quieten off in a bit. So certainly yeah. the, the early part of next year, you know, we'll be focusing a little bit more on, um, you know, on like I said, on some of that education piece and, and kind of how we do that and how we can kind of grow our our um, inbound retainers, which which obviously is the, the kind of name of the game. really. Right. That's awesome. Well, I'll make sure that we um, grab that flywheel tweet that you sent out. And, uh, and include that. Yeah, in the show I, again, as well. it's one of those things. I'm a competitive person. So when he said, I'm going to put two tickets up for, you know, the, the best <laughs> one, I'm like, again, I, I could oh, afford man. to buy the tickets, but it's, you know, it's, it's always one of those things. I used to call myself an iPad whore, right? Because there was no way I was going to buy an iPad. I wanted somebody to give me an iPad, right? And I just entered every competition to try and win an iPad. Even I could afford <laughs> it. I just wanted to win one, right? 
So again, I want Brian Halligan to present me with those tickets, like right. himself personally, rather than the tickets themselves as being the prize. Right? That, right. That's what I what I want. So <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, but but for me, it, it, you know, it, it definitely there's a lot of things on there. I mean, any anybody could take what I've written on that on that tweet and turn that into a really solid business model. There's so much on there that I feel that other people go, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. And again. I, I would actually be encouraged and I would help people if they want help to kind of like, what did you mean by that? What did you mean by that? Right. I would love, to, I'd love to help people out. Right. That's yeah. great. Genuinely. Well, speaking, well, speaking of that, that, so spadesmedia.com, we'll definitely yeah. include that. Any other any links? Other links? Um, um, any other places people should connect with you? Yeah. So I, I have a, um, like, like on Twitter, I mean, there's, there's actually a Jim Banks politician, a guy who I think he's a Republican, right? And, um, I quite often get tweets where people are tweeting me instead of him, yep. right? So I am at Jim Banks. He is at Jim underscore Banks. So if you want to complain about what's going on in politics in the US, it's him. At Jim Banks is me. Um, awesome. but, but on Facebook, I also have like a, a kind of a personal brand page. So that's jim.banks.ceo um, rather than just Jim Banks, although I do have Jim Banks. That's more for friends from school and stuff right. like that, jim.banks.ceo. Is usually where I, I share, again, like sort of sanguine stories of, you know, things that I've done wrong. Because, again, as much as I feel I've done well, I've also made huge numbers of mistakes over the years, right? That's usually right. what you tend to find, right? You you know, the guys that kind of Hall of Fame for, you know, most free throws and everything are also the guys that miss the most, right? So, exactly. you know, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've blown a lot of money, um, you know, doing things wrong, but I've also done kind of the flip side and done things that i'm kind of very proud of and, and very happy to have done them so that's awesome, that's awesome. well make sure we well, include sure those links in the show, in notes. show notes thanks for coming thanks on for coming and sharing story, story jim i really appreciate, I really appreciate your time. time thanks for thanks for inviting me